When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, listeners? Welcome to the latest episode of River City 93, brought to you by Roughneck Scars, Icarus FC, and of course, for the culture. Joining me is a man who the FBI has tapped his laptop. It is Mr. Matt Myers. How are the Flamingos doing on the laptop, sir? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That is always one of the funniest things where you go looking for something and then uh, all of a sudden your phone just automatically brings it up. And you're like, mm, I, like the, the the thing, I, haven't tur- I, I have not turned on this laptop in probably like three or four months either. I've just been using my work laptop. And you know, today I had to open up this one. And what's the very first thing that, you know, that stock image that you know, pops up? Uh, when you turn on your laptop, because I'm too lazy to actually put like you know my own screensavers or anything on here, goddamn picture of a ton of ugly ass flamingos. The FBI just wanted to let you know. They just wanted to let you know. Uh, it, I know it does. It ain't right. <laughs> and also joining me is a guy that probably is too excited that didn't probably watch the full game, but has his own countryman in the team now. This is Mr. Shinnerick. Shanir Durant the second. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Um, yeah. How excited are you to have a fellow Haitian on the team now? Oh, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. <laughs> um, there hasn't been a Haitian on the squad since uh, Cristiano Francois, and uh, that was a while ago. That was like in 2013. So. Yeah, I'm 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 stoked. <laughs> so I want you to know, Shanir, you're going to be the offense, official uh, pronunciator of his name. Okay. Yep. Yep. I got it. All right. That, that's your duty tonight. Make sure we pronounce yeah, his okay. name right. All right. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, guys, let's go on ahead into it. We had what a week and a half off um, from the game that was delayed. This isn't a game that was postponed. This is the game that we're supposed to play. What were your first initial thoughts? Result, just not included, but what were your first initial thoughts going to this game uh, with the lineup we saw and everything? So going into the game, yeah, my main thought was it's not a must-win game, but it's a really, really, really don't-want-to-lose game. Yeah, just because everything is so tight right now uh, that you know a few points here, a few points there can make a world of difference. And the draw on the road, I... I would have taken. Yeah, I would have been, you know, cool with it. So when I saw the lineup, you know, looked pretty normal. You know, uh, I mentioned the match notes that uh, you know Jalen Chrysler was suspended for yellow cards. Uh, so I don't think any surprise then that Nathan Alney was the natural replacement for it. Then otherwise, kind of the usual group that we've had lately. So I don't think there was any real shock going into uh, kickoff. Yeah. What about you, Shanae? Yeah, uh, same here. I mean, I looked at the lineup and I was like, okay, it's kind of business as usual. Like you said, Matt, the only exception was Ani coming for for, um, 
Kushner, but that's to be expected. And then, you know, there's reasons. So um, I wasn't, I, I didn't feel any kind of way about the lineup. I just felt, okay, this is a, a tried and tested group. Let's go. Let's see what they can do. Let's see what they can pull off. Um, it, it was uh, one thing that did kind of make me kind of take a double take is Bulldogs being back on the wing rather than in the midfield. But apart from that, um, seeing Vignal back on the pitch, see what he could do, and basically for us to see what happens. Uh, that's a good point you made there, Jimmy. I, w- I want to ask you guys this point. Um, well, I'll bring it up later in the show. But moving on, what we saw from this team in the first half was this team actually looked very competent. Like, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just me. Maybe I was at Buffalo Wild Wings with Harry and them having a couple of too many beers. But in the first half, I actually felt pretty well with. Not the second half because, of course, they scored. But the kicker seemed to want to get on the ball. They seemed very competent in passing, wanted to take shots, had a couple of dangerous, I believe, Matt. Um, Bulldog it was, had a very dangerous attempt, had a couple of headers. What was the energy like in the first half? What did it seem like to you guys how it was in the first half? Yeah, I thought the first half, uh, there's a lot to be excited about through there because what's one of the key things that we've, let's be real, complained about, you know, for uh, 20 games it's you know really being static on the field, not a lot of you know creativity. You know, just kind of hope Emmy can do something, right? Yeah. Uh, and I thought we saw a lot more dynamic attacking. Sure, a lot. I'm you know the core of it was still you know get Bolanos down the line and you know be able to find something in the middle. But we saw you know more midfield integration, like you know Ethan Bryant. Uh, you know we've sung his praise the last couple you know shows. He was you know able to help you know, again drive the ball through the midfield. You know build some connecting passes with whether it was with, you know, Monty or Neil or Zaka or Blanos, you know, really a lot of you know, places where you play a little one on, you know, you know, kind of wall passes, you know, you know, two on one type games and create a little bit of extra space. Uh, and, you know, I thought that opened up new angles, you know, for, uh, you know, Bolduc, for Bolanos, for, you know, guys to be able to get, you know, some decent shots. And we, we got some, you know, the kind of looks that we haven't seen a lot of all year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's very true. Like, I don't remember a game in which we had this many shots on target from long range. Usually they're one-on-ones or a cutback across the box off of a counterattack. But I I don't know what it was. It kind of felt like Ford Madison was just like, fine, you know, we'll let you have the wings and we'll kind of make like a defensive shell inside of the 18-yard box. But pretty much if you're going to make a goal, it's going to have to be from deep. And that's something – I don't want to slam the kickers too hard in this because it wasn't like they were just taking wild pop shots. These were like dedicated shots on target. It's just the goalkeeper kind of more or less stood in his head. I want to say, what, what you think, Shanir? I mean, uh, the goalkeeper did stand on his head, um, uh, Breno, but I I think the, the one thing that, that did kind of baffle me was it felt like uh, the Mingos were basically playing with a back five, and they they were crowding up, like you said, crowding up the box. Um, and 
we had a lot of joy in the midfield because of the fact that they rather played with a back five than a back three. Um, so that left two players no longer in the midfield that they could use because they were hunkering down in their own their own 18. Um, in that situation, I mean, I feel that we have players who can hit the ball from distance, Matt Balduck. Um, Ethan Bryant showed that he's willing to take shots from outside the 18. Milano, uh, Olex. So, I mean, in that situation, my thought is if they're giving it to us, why not? You know, um, unfortunately, Breno, like we said, stood on his head. He made some great saves. Um, some pretty, some pretty, yeah, he made some pretty awesome saves. Um, Foot Mob actually has him as man of the match. So, that's just an unlucky one. See, now how much does that irritate you that a goalkeeper got banned in a match? Oh, it doesn't because it's not our goalkeeper. Oh, no, it's supposed to be off in that case. That doesn't even work. Because at the end of the day, that lets me know that he had a lot of work to do, which means that we took it to him. Yeah, but it means he did well. And I don't want the opposing keeper to do well. Yeah, but it, it goes along the lines with the expected goals argument it's a question of okay we ended up in a game against a goalkeeper that stood on his head but we are creating chances which means in games in the future the pattern will be chances created i, Shanae, I, I just want you to know created. it sounds so weird to hear you say that you're five or four as a goalkeeper bring man a match but the carrot gets it and you go on like a 20 minute rant just saying because that's Kira, weird no, because the other goalkeeper getting man of the match doesn't say anything about the kicker. It just says that. Said don't finish well. Huh? Says we're not finishing well. If we weren't finishing well, there would be a there would be it, there wouldn't be a goalkeeper getting man of the match because he we'd be missing the target. I mean, the fact that we're hitting the target that means that we know where the goal is. You know, at the end of the day, if a goalkeeper stands on his head. More power to them. At the end of the day, you got to tip your hat to that. But if we're creating the chances, if we're, if we're making a big goalkeeper have to work his butt off throughout the whole game, that means there's something that's working in the attacking side of things for us. Yeah. Because I don't want to, you know, have a, just a praise one of their players parade. Let's be real. We all know that the league just looks at stats. They saw he probably had a combination of shutout and most saves. No idea what the saves were. They just, you know, gave him. You know, uh, you know, team of the week because of that, not because of anything else. So, uh, yeah, Phil Pereno, you're you know, you're still you know, a guy who plays for Madison, you used to play for Charleston. I don't like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I guess it's time we go ahead and talk about this goal. And it seems like when this goal was developing, it seemed like a very Richmond Kickers esque goal. Like, this is the kind of goal we're supposed to score. We have nothing going for us in the first half, kind of all the momentum, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we plug this counterattack. Oh, four matches did the same to us in this game, where I hate to say it, the back line kind of fell asleep. And initially, I wanted to put the blame on Avon because he's the one that probably sticks out the most, but I don't think he gets any help from the three that was in front of him kind of just ball-watching, was led to him ball-watching. What do you guys think about that? I wouldn't say that it was ball-watching. I think the three defenders ahead of him, which I think were uh, Zaka, 
uh, Ani and Calvo, mm -hmm. I think they were just overthinking. And they were, I don't know, I, I feel that they expected a whole bunch of trickery from the attacker, and they were prepared for that, and they overthought everything. At the end of the day, just stay in front of the guy. Contain him, stay in front. And I think they, they overthought that, and because of that, it, basically it left um, Yvonne high and dry with his man, because I think Yvonne was expecting, oh, three guys in front of him. He's not running at them at extreme pace. I, they should be able to handle it. Let me move into a position that when they do win the ball, I'm an option of an outlet for us to get the ball clear of danger. And I think he was already starting to think along those lines. And lo and behold, those three let uh, let the pass go through. And then uh, uh, Sirowski is wide open. Yeah, I saw it a little differently from my perspective. Uh, you're right, Elliot. It reminds you a lot of a uh, you know Bologna's drives through you know you know slips Emmy for a pass and he you know, scores from six yards out type of goal, right? Uh, you know even the, even the angles that Jake Keegan was running in on you know looked you know really similar to that same angle that Bologna's took in the Greenville goal. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, except you know he passed instead of you know shot, but. Yeah, you got those three guys, and I mean, part of that you know comes, I think, comes down to the scouting. You know, Jake Keegan is not going to burn you for pace, right? He's a very good player in this league. He's not a burner in any way, you know. So you had three guys, and uh, you know, in the spirit of it being you know NFL Week One, it looked like they were playing classic prevent defense right there of you know give, 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 and Thank you. what what ends up happening? You know, he's all of a sudden he's you know along the eighteen, you know, he's got. A look for you know a shot or a pass, and I think that's where you know Von got into trouble because yeah you know, he sees this lane opening up. Does he you know go to close on Keegan? Does he stick with his man? Neither one's a great choice, and he ended up in the middle, which is obviously probably the worst outcome of all. You know, yeah. uh, but yeah, you know, I think you know it's it's like a lot of plays in a lot of sports. You know, the guy on the who at the end of the day, if you're just watching the highlight clip, you know. That defender usually looks bad, but usually he looks bad because you know, he's trying to cover for you know somebody else, and then he's the one that ends up on a poster. Yeah, no, I mean, like at first when this play first happened, I was super pissed that I'm on. I was, and it, because of the moment, only thing I saw was just his body. He just kind of gets in a slumping form, and he just looks across, and it looked like he's kind of like you said, he's kind of no man's land. But when you go back and watch the play, the three players in front of him. It's the thing we always talk about how and we talked about it in the show before about virtual defenders. Like they always get stuck in this action of they don't know whether to commit or kind of play off. And they're kind of stuck in the middle and they're kind of like not doing anything with their hands. It's kind of like when you were in gym class as a kid and the instructor would kind of be like, All right, we're about to go do the uh presidential, you know, fitness test. And you kind of just sitting there just twirling your thumbs, you're like, I don't know if I want to do push-ups first or if I want to run. And by the end of the class, you haven't done anything because you're here, you're over here trying to figure out what to do instead of just doing one. And that's kind of what happened. If one of these kickers at least just steps up and kind of push Keegan, and Shanir, you you talked about this point, as like a defender or as a fullback, your main job is to push that attacker out wide. Like if yep. you push him out wide, push him to the bottom, and he just crosses it in, it is a great cross. All right, cool. I hate to say it, more or less, you can live with that. But you cannot just stand there 
and just have them come directly to you and you keep backing off, backing off, backing off. Like, and eventually at some point in time, you have to go close down the space and force them to either go left or right. And you would think like, all right, if, if I remember correctly, it's Calvo who's the farthest outside defender. If Calvo goes steps to him, he pretty much pushes him into two other defenders. But since he doesn't do that, the two other defenders keep giving him space, which eventually leads to him kind of dumping off that pass to Saratowski. And Saratowski has an easy finish. And we know he's a, he can finish because he's done it before at refs too. So it's, it, it's those little defensive errors that I feel like are holding this team back. It, this game could have easily been a draw. It should have been a draw. But when you had those defensive lapses, well, now everything is thrown out the window. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. But I think you know we know that you know the uh, you know the series has you know kind of the rep of being you know the most heated rivalry that you know produces the most boring games known to man. This is probably the best game. Yeah, you know, this you know whole you know three oh, year yeah. series you know so far. Look, let's be real. All the other games have been just boring as hell. You know to watch yeah. in every way, whether we were winning or losing. Yeah, you know, this one was actually a game that you'd be willing to show somebody else. You know, to be like, oh, I'm interested. I might be interested in catching soccer. You know, whereas all the other ones, no, 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 run far away, watch anything else. Uh, so, <laughs> oh yeah, on that level, you know, you know a little bit better. And I mean, it, and credit to Matt, you know. Madison on you know that goal in particular you know it was a well worked goal on their behalf you know again we can you know we complain a lot you know the show about you know just little you know fluky you know type things happening uh you know weird bounces here or there I'm they built that goal no yeah yeah so they you know they you know flat out earned it wasn't you know oh you know an odd deflection or you know you know some other you know BS sort of thing that you know tends to pop up. So I, I yeah. can live with that. Yeah. I, like you said, that, that's what I said. I think I can take this loss in particularly a little bit better because not in the big realm of things. Like obviously, we were talking about before, this, this game hurts our chances. You know, but if you look at this game as a singularity, this is probably one of the better losses because we actually look competent. Like we – Look threatening. We didn't look like we were going into the show. We didn't look like we were just there just to be there. Like, even after we gave him the goal, I, w- I want to know how you guys felt about it, but I feel like Darren still made good subs. I felt like the team was still pushing and going for it. I, I didn't feel like the goal affected the overall mood of the team, which in games past, we see this team go down a goal, and it kind of just deflates everything. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think there's something to that. Uh, I hadn't, hadn't really you know, thought about it in, in those terms because uh, in the moment, you know, I was being fatalistic about it all, uh, you know, just because not the first rodeo, uh, you know, by any means. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there were still, you know, some progressive chances, you know, throughout the game. You know, you know Ethan Bryant, you know, had, a, you know, a really good look uh, that, you know, the keeper spilled and Emmy just, you know, wasn't quite able to, you know, get himself positioned right to, you know, knock in. You know, the rebound, uh, you know, you Olix, you know, uh, he provided a little bit of danger when he you know, came in the game in the 70th minute. So opportunities were there. There was certainly some fight on the field, uh, almost literally, you know, later on in the game. It was nice to see, you know, some of the guys were, uh, you know, up for it. 
uh, and but also up for it, but not in the way that uh, would get them you know sent off and you know suspended for this coming weekend. Uh, so there there were some positive signs there. I mean, again, big you know, like you said, big picture, no, not good, you know, but you know, kind of the individual elements, uh, a lot more encouraging than a lot of other weeks. Yeah. Do we even know what happened to, at the end of the game? Like, the fight-wise? Because the camera was all over the place. Only thing I saw, I don't know who was on the ground, but then I saw her name puffing his chest at someone. I saw a lot of pushing and shoving. Probably the spiciest more moment in part so far. Well, by far, really. <laughs> Yeah, it, that was hard to decipher what the heck was going on in there. Um, I, I honestly am completely was completely lost. I was sitting there in front of my TV, like, "What's going on? What's happening? Wait, who started it? What's going on?" Like, I, I, I couldn't figure out anything. Um, that you know, you can attribute to, you know, not enough cameras out there. We can't really see what's happening. But you know, whatever. Yeah, all, all I got to say about that is I'm glad some guys are stepping up. Uh, you know, Jonathan Bolani, you got you got to learn that you know, you, you can be the uh, you know hold me back you know guy, but you don't need to be you know the guy you know right up in there. You're you're too important to the attack. Let some of uh, our other big bodies you know in there to actually do the scrum, and you can just be you know the yapper. Hey, I ain't gonna lie, that was the funniest thing. Bologna was ready to go. Like I don't oh, know what yeah. he was running he back playing. to in his head. But he, he was ready to go. <laughs> he was ready to go. Oh, but now I want to like back to the question I was asking you guys. Like, what were you guys thoughts after the goal happened? What did you guys see out of this? And what did what did you see? I don't know. Like, I checked thoughts on it. Um, I saw a team that was that you know took it to them all the way to the end. Uh, I'm glad that that happened. Uh, it's it's a lot. It's a bit of a, a of a relief to see that this team still has fight, and I think in this situation, like you said, Terzaghi finishes that rebound off of um, off of Ethan's shot, and it's a tie game. I mean, I, there are several different situations. Uh, Breno doesn't get that save off of the header from the free kick in the first half. Um, Matt Bulldog finishes the chance in the seventh minute. The, uh, Olex hits the back of the net with that save by uh, uh, Breno. Like there's, there are, were a lot of situations in which you saw that the, the kickers were still creating quality and dangerous chances, um, even after we conceded. So it it, it was. A bit of a of a a positive and a negative, I guess I would say, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. I, I can see that. But like you said, like in the small aspect of things, it's good to see you guys still fight. You know, be positive even after going out of way. But in the overall sense, it's negative because you drop further down the you know table. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the time for the time for these like moral victories were like April and May. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah this is you know the time where uh yeah, eight games left. You gotta you know find a way to scrape a point out of that. 
you got to be positive at, at this point. Like my prediction about Darren's road record is out the window now. Like it's trash. Yeah, it's done. Uh, <laughs> but let me ask you guys this, and this is the question I was going to ask the beginning show. Would you have put Matt in in a central attacking position instead of out on the wing? Do you feel like that would have helped? Because I. The issue I saw the biggest was this kick receiver. This is the one thing you can take away from this game is this team lacks the creativity in the final third of finding those, like being able to break that team to the final third. Granted, we had a lot of shots on target, a lot of long-range shots. But we don't have a lot of shots, a lot of shots that are created from us, kind of hold a position in front of that 18-yard box, 18 to 25-yard box, and being able to constantly break that team. That's something that the kickers have struggled with. Do you think Matt could have helped in that aspect if he would have played attacking Matt? Um, I think to be honest with you, I do feel that again, going back to what what you said earlier on, Matt, I think having Bulldog in the midfield and maybe having Oleg start on the right would have been a much more efficient way of coming at uh, for Madison because of their lack of pace in the back. Uh, Neil isn't a pacey player. He he can't. He he's not going to run at you. And I think having Matt in the midfield, those two wingers, that's already three players that can run at you. And then in between all of them is the top scorer. And I think that would have that would have put. Uh, Madison on their heels a lot more. It would have created a lot more dangerous chances, and I, I think we could have done a better job because, I mean, Zaka was doing okay in the midfield, and Bryant is was doing a decent job of that, basically that connector eight in the midfield, that box-to-box number eight, who, you know, basically connecting the, the defense to the attack, both when defending and when attacking. Um so I, I don't know. I think against this Madison team, Bulldog I think should have probably played as a ten and probably put Olex out on the wing. Yeah, I mean, I suppose if you're going to make that move, that's probably you know the change you make. Because my question was going to be, if you do make that move, who do you put out there in his spot? I mean, you have Olex. I guess you could play Luke out there. He, uh, I assume he he's ready to go. He's at least dressed on the bench, although he didn't come in. So that. Mm-hmm. You, you never know if he's really ready or, or not. Yeah, you know, definitely you know, quite yet. Yeah, right. So I, I think that's you know the big question. I, I should, you know when we have Bolduc in the middle, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't. I don't think of him as you know kind of the classic, you know, creative midfielder. He's more of see him more as an attacking midfielder who's going to you mm-hmm. know put in a lot of work you know for you on the defensive side too. So I think the benefit of you know having a combo of him, you know Ethan and Zaka. You know, kind of running the three-man midfield is that you get got you get three basically, you know, worker bees in there, and you know that can be taken the wrong way sometimes. You know that that phrase, but those are three guys who will you know go 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 and you know provide pressure. You know, you know make sure make it uncomfortable for the other team. I think uh, you know a lot a lot of where Maddie's you know assists over time come from are you know from his service from the wing. Uh, so I don't mind him inside at all. I think he's you know, been able to do the job there in the past. The question then becomes, who do you put 
you know, out wide. Olix, uh, you know, I think it's an intriguing idea, you know, to play him, uh, you know, from the start with Bolaños against a team like Madison because, you know, the one real weakness that I saw in Madison defense, or at least the version of it that was out there, uh, you know, this weekend because, uh, you know, Diaz, uh, you know, Toyama, they were both missing. I don't remember if they're injured or what their deal is, but their defense was not much fleet of foot. Uh, you can see, you know, them backing off Bolaños considerably, giving him space, you know, to, you know, to let him run, you know, for a little bit. Uh, we weren't seeing a high line, so those two guys might have been able to take advantage of that. The downside is, you know, potentially, you know, starting from the start with the, you know, Olex Calvo, you know, same side defensive. Uh, you know, grouping, you know, you'd probably be forcing, you know, Zaka to edge a lot more right to be able to, shall we say, uh, cover up some stuff. Yeah. Um, fair point. <clears throat> yeah, fair point. Um, last thing about this game, guys, did anyone stand out to you uh, that made a good impression on you? I know for me, um, I want to give a shout-out to Nathan Arnie. He did a good job as center back coming in for Chrysler who had the yellow card. And also, uh, Shanir, I need my pronunciation, man. You ready? Uh, uh, release. All right, there we go. <laughs> uh, let's just pretend that I said that and that's in there and my voice. Uh, so just make that work. Um, but he did a really good job as well. Um, I can't remember the exact bit, but there there was a sequence where Olex was coming back up the line and the ball got loose from him and he came up, swooped it up, and created another attacking chance. Um, I really like what I see from him. Um, former player Dennis Chen. Um, that's one of his signings uh, that he brought to the Richmond Kicker. So, you know, we got to – once again, so, I, what you going to say? I, I was just going to provide a little bit of clarity. Like, finish your thought. Oh, I was going to say, uh, Dennis Chen has probably brought up some true ballers because he's brought us uh, Gariardo, Raleigh Kraft, and now uh, – Shanir, I need a pronunciation. Don't so release. Yep, so that's three <laughs> players he's brought us. So you just got to <laughs> sniff that and, you know, get that as, you know, kind of a – you know, uh, you know, kind of like a button that you can press, so you can just slide that in anytime you want to say it. Yeah, moving forward. <laughs> so, yeah, so we need for a board. Just... Like we need a board with all the buttons, like a button yeah. board. Sound <laughs> effect. Uh, so, just for clarity, in case uh, you know you're not you know as big of nerds as we are, and you know reading not reading every single press release you know from the team. So, uh, what was it? Probably sometime midweek, maybe Thursday. You know, the team officially announced that. They signed you know a new player for the rest of the year. Uh, you know, Haitian, I think he's still under twenty three. Uh, he's you know, twenty two. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, Denso Ulysse. Yeah, I I can speak French. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but you know he you know, he was with you know, well, air quotes because clearly you can tell what I'm doing on a podcast right now. Uh, air air quotes with you know. Enter Miami last year didn't play, but before that he had been in this. You know, good big surprise here. The Sounder system, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, but you know, he got made. I think second team. You know, all USL championship with Tacoma, who is just an absolute dog ass team. Like think about, uh, you know, quality. You know, we were those last couple of years in USL championship. That's the kind of stuff they were running out there, and he still made you know an all league team as a defender. You know, for them. So this looks to me like a potential. You know, another round of, you know, kind of a distressed youth asset, you know, like a Joe Gallardo, like a Riley Kraft, like an Ethan Bryant, you know, coming in here and being able to rebuild, you know, their career in Richmond to be able to move on to bigger and better things. And I'm all for it. Yeah. 
with that side, it also it also lets me know that Ian and Devontae are probably one of the one of the two are probably out for the year. Ian more than likely is definitely with ACL injury, but it lets me know like it's definitely we're not gonna see him for the rest of the year. Yeah. And also just in case anybody else again, not you know, mega, you know, USL nerd, you know, uh, Dennis Shin, since he's retired, he's become a player agent. You know, so that you know, he's starting to build his pipeline and uh you know, feeding them back to us, which uh much appreciated. Yeah, sure. definitely. Big ups to Shin. <laughs> yeah, he still owes right. us a few from scoring all those goals when he was with Orlando. So uh Yeah. yeah. So we pretty much for every goal that he scored against Richmond. Or, you know, or in Orlando, where the room was higher. Uh, that's every play we need him to bring to us. That's of high quality. Uh, I like that deal. <laughs> um, guys, we got eight games left in this year. Eight games. Seems kind of weird. The season's kind of winding down. We play Friday against Revs 2. That's the end of that series. I know I'm thinking this is probably not a – is it hard to say must win? Because I feel like that's an overused This is term. a must win. I'm sorry. It's New England. It's a must win. I mean, okay. For me, here. this is a must win. I know, but I'm saying, like, the term must win. Let's go to our uh, stu- our Grinch of the podcast. Matt, is must use an overused term? Must win? Is that an overused term? I mean, in the literal sense, yes. In the figurative, you know, kind of spirit, you know, spirit of the term, yeah, Maybe not. I mean, I would probably say yes, but I take it much more from the you know literal mathematical side of things. I would say I would say it's a lot. Clo- might not be must win, but like you say, kind of with you know this game, even more so. This is a must not lose. Okay, I, I, I go with that. I go with that. Um, let me ask you guys this question: Going into this game on Friday, what would give you the utmost confidence, lineup wise, personnel wise? Whatever that the rich are going to walk out of Gillette State, Gillette Stadium with the win. Tough one. Yeah, that is a tough one. Uh, the silence is deafening. I just want to say. Yeah, yeah I think today today's lineup. There wasn't too much wrong with it. Of course, we'd have Kristner back. Um. I don't know if it's enough. I mean, we got there. There's a whole week of training, um, maybe to see if Elise will be able to slot in at right back, um, and see how he can how he can perform in that position. Um, but I, I I don't I don't know if I want to really mess with that back three, at least to start with against New England. Well, Chrysler will be back. Jalen will be back. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. That. Yeah. No. That's what I'm saying. Like Jay, as as you know, going back in for Ani. Um. I don't know. I feel like today's lineup is what would have been more useful Friday than it was this past Saturday. Um, I don't think. We need to be trying to beat New England's back line with pace. I think this is a game where um, that midfield three 
would be a little bit more useful to us against New England than it was against uh, forward, where we would have probably needed more pace, at least at the top of the midfield, like in the 10 position. Um, so I, I, I don't think, think it's too far off the formation we have we had uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I wouldn't be upset if it's mostly the same team. I mean, I think Chrysler, you know, gets his spot back, yeah. you know, right away. I think for me, you know, the key is going to be can you know this team you know stay focused defensively because if there's one team that this team has performed well against in the attack all year, it's New England Revolution two. Yeah, they put up a three three and two on them. You know, but the last two times they've also shipped two goals. You know, so I want to. You know, you know, see a team that's ready to, you know, zero in and that we should have had three points against them last time. And, you know, just completely, you know, you know, let the game sink away in the span of two minutes near the end of the game. You know, and before that, it was a game that was about as in control that the kickers had as any other game all year. You know, so yeah. uh, I think, you know, whatever it is, the, the team needs to you know, be able to, you know, have that mindset of being able to stay focused for 90 minutes, you know, not have those little drop-offs here and there that have, you know, frequently come back to bite them. Yeah. Cause we, we've seen that. I mean, and I've seen also in, in other games that this New England revolution two team capitalize on those mistakes. They punish defensive errors and they, they have done it fairly clinically throughout the season. And so, I mean, that's that's one game where we really need to be on our P's and Q's. Yeah, because they'll they'll make it, you know, a dumb mistake or two in, you know, defense, and you can capitalize on that. I mean, I I know we you know like on this podcast, but whether it's you know Joe Rice, whether it's one of their other keepers, they've all had some howlers. You know, this year we we benefited from a couple of them earlier <laughs> on. You know, this yeah. year, uh, you know, so they can be had. You just got to you know make sure you're watching you know your side of the deal and. Yeah, let's let Akira have a boring night. Let's let not give Shanir the chance to be able to rant on about it. Kira getting man of the match. <laughs> um. Also, so just a little bit of detail. The Revs have not won a game in their last five. Um, but I want to see if you guys are the same thing. Like, like same thinking as me on this. If we win this game, I feel a lot more positive about our playoff chances. I feel a lot more positive about us potentially having a home playoff game. A draw, I'm kind of like, uh, I can still see the playoffs. I feel a little less safe about a home playoff game. A loss, I'm throwing away that home playoff game. Like, I'm like, all right, I think the 6-6 is probably the creme de la creme of this team. How do you guys feel? Yeah, I think if you look at the math, I think, you know, it's really suggesting you're going to need 39 or 40 points to probably get a home playoff game. So that's probably five wins. You know, out of eight to be able to you know get to a home game in the playoffs. Uh, and again, that's not a done deal. That's just probably the most likely you know, number you know to reach. Uh, so, you know, asking this team to win five out of eight when they haven't gone back to back at all, you know, this year might be a that's little a much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think for, first goal first, you know, get in right. And right now the numbers looking probably right around thirty-seven, which again, is, you know, you know. Four wins, you know, three wins, three draws, you know, whatever, uh, you know, combination you might, you know, want it to be. So they're on pace, but it's a very tenuous pace right now, and it's probably going to depend on who you get those points against. 
Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you got to take it week by week, but, yeah, yeah. that's why, you know, I'd say there's just so much must not lose because you know, even if you draw it, you're still taking away, you know, two points from New England as well, which, you know, can help out. But, if, you know, we're not getting any points and we're giving New England a direct rival, you know, three points, that gets a lot tougher. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it does give a lot tougher. It as well. just, and I think yeah, also, it makes it big, more of a mountain to climb. And I think, also, if I'm not mistaken, I think Ford Madison Toronto kicks up at four. So you got two Friday games, um, another game with a direct rival. So we'll definitely be uh, rooting for a draw on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, a couple of these games, there's not really a great result for us. Like, you know, Greenville Tucson on Sunday. Not neither one of them is a great option, no matter what. I mean, I guess you, it depends if you're gunning for the home game or if you're gunning for a playoff spot, what you want to root for there. Yeah, 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 guys, it's going to come down to the wire. We know that much. Um, and yeah, us being lifelong kickers fans, nothing has we're used easy. to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're used to it. It'd be, it'll be weird if we just sneak into the playoffs easily and be like, huh. This is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, that's, that'd be a, a situation that we are not used to. It's been a long time since we walked our way into a playoff. Um, but I mean, I, mean, the, I guess it's like four years ago now. But we had that uh, what was a home game against you know Toronto at the end of the year where Yeisley scored and yeah, you know, I think he scored one or two, and I think Udai scored late and clinched us into the playoff spot. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was a lot. Well, guys, it's been a pleasure to talk to y'all as always. As always, listeners, you can catch the show on YouTube, on Instagram, on any of the podcast posts you listen to. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at RiverCity93. As always, for Matt and Shanir and myself, we want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to us. Holler at you guys later. Bye.